0: going to humiliate you one more time. My pleasure. I better start talking about my family first, I guess. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Classical Rock. The True Paradox. This is the down. This is the down.
1: Oh, I'd say that uh, classical rock is a true paradox. Maybe military intelligence. Hello, this is Jim Dwyer, and uh, welcome to Gray Matters, the news and
0: weekly media talk show, and I'm Dick Whaley, and boy, just a week ago I walked home at night after a cab shift, and it was in the upper 30s. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is a shock on the system Yeah, it's definitely uh, Rantalian weather today uh, I uh, to know. didn't check out um, I did check out that we're not going to set a record today Just by a couple of degrees Amazingly, it was 91 on this date One point, way back when But uh, it's hot out there Well, I for one am relieved
1: that it uh, it's this late in May I hate it when you get weather like this, mid-May Yeah Kills the flowers off uh, quite quickly So we we had a good spring I Good guess it's spring.
0: Summer. Plenty of rain and summer is here and thankfully uh well uh, I, traditionally Memorial Day is when the pool's open, so
1: indeed. Uh, I bet they're crowded today. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh but uh with a couple of weeks yet to go in uh, public school. Summer is not officially here, but for all intents and purposes.
0: It is summer. CBN is very comfortable. So if you're coming down for the uh, music review We've got air conditioning. <laughs> yeah, it's nicer than home down here today. So uh join the music review. Actually it probably isn't being held tonight because of the uh Memorial Day holiday. Something of course that <clears throat> politicians are exploiting to the max today. And uh Grotesquely so in some cases. Yeah, and we won't uh Sully the uh the the, the veterans amongst us that have indeed sacrifice for their country. Unfortunately, uh, much of the sacrifice uh, over the years has been in pursuit of dubious American foreign policy objectives, and uh, it's always troubling when you can read strange things like this paradox here. Just two weeks ago, the House of Representatives approved a military budget bill Get this number, $512.9 billion, uh, that, of course, is the normal defense budget plus appropriations for Iraq and Afghanistan. And, of course, unfortunately, Afghanistan is looking far from uh, being a settled uh, military occupation. There's been a recent uh, upsurge in violence there, Uh, the Taliban- according to all of the experts has regrouped and of course there was this unfortunate uh, truck accident the uh, the other day that's caused enormous riots today in which dozens of people apparently are dead and in uh, an, an example of how contradictory the uh, the real uh, numbers are um, regarding uh, these Appropriation bills in Congress. As I, as I noted, just on the 12th of May, uh, this House uh, passed a uh, $513 billion military bill. Uh, and by the way, $50 billion of that is for the first six months of uh, next year's war costs. So we're talking about $100 billion there when it's all said and done. And of course, this is being put off budget. But then just a week after that, um, House Conservatives cut five hundred million dollars in military construction projects from veterans spending bills, so it 's an example of how the Republicans in Congress will nickel and dime the veterans and uh, gee, give the Pentagon all the weapon systems it wants. Well, because that does, of course, more than
1: simply benefit uh, the Pentagon and those who run it, but uh, the revolving door of military contracting that, uh, well, in Bush's commencement speech to West Point, another, you know, uniformed audience, the man is incapable of speaking to non-uniformed citizens. Um, he's trying to link himself to the legacy of uh, President Truman and the Truman didn't finish the Cold War, but he fought the good fight. And mm-hmm. so this is Bush you know, saying, tag, you're it. I'll, I'm out of here in a few years, but you uh, trusted soldiers will finish the work. Um, but, of course, Truman is not a great president uh, with regards to uh, chances and opportunities lost. Uh, the Cold War, a dubious shell game, uh, fraudulent enterprise if ever there was one. And, uh, this, of course, is ultimately, uh, layable at Harry Truman's feet. So, if Bush wants to link himself to Truman, um, it's probably more accurate than he realizes, but not for the reasons he desires.
0: Well, his approval number, numbers will probably be in the Truman, uh, t- in Truman territory when he leaves office because, uh, he just continues to sink. And, uh, it was remarkable the other day when, uh, in his press conference with, uh, Tony Blair in which he, Admitted to mistakes, but of course the mistakes he admitted to were... Utterances. Yeah, his rhetoric. Um, And we only need to add that over 2,000 American soldiers have died in uh, Iraq since Bring Him On was made on July 2nd of 2003. And uh, I don't know, it struck me as a uh, staged show, a question that he no doubt was expecting. um, And his... Crocodile tears of remorse uh, struck me as uh, a little fake. Uh, and, you know, another big story that happened last week was the Enron um, sentencing, right. sentencing or or the verdict, we should say. The sentencing, ironic, is, ironically, is going to occur on September 11th oh, right, right, right. of this year. But in any case, um, you know, once again, the media really missed the real story there. Um, It's great that these guys were convicted for their wrongdoing, because obviously they were engaged in incredible fraud. But if you read the books, if you see the uh, fine documentary that came out uh, called The Smartest Guys in the Room, the Enron Mm -hmm. story, I think that's more or less the title, you'd realize that the real story here was about a corporation that was manipulating energy markets, that the myth of America... Having a capitalist system uh, was pierced by the actions of Enron that um, California consumers were ripped off to the tune of nine billion dollars that Ken lay met Arnold Schwarzenegger in April of two thousand and one, and that there was actually uh, that there were actually all sorts of political connections between good old Kenny boy who uh, Apparently, this was Bush's nickname for the guy. Uh, he turns out, of course, to be Bush's largest campaign contributor over the years. He's he's donated $140,000 to Bush campaigns for governor and president. That this meeting in which Ken Lay met with Schwarzenegger was designed to derail Gray Davis. This was before the uh, so-called recall movement. In 2001, by the way, Gray Davis was considered to be one of the leading Democratic presidential candidates for 2004. So the mainstream media, in focusing on how the system worked, uh, which of course is how the media sort of reacted in its analysis and presentation, missed all these big stories. Um, Neil Bush was on the Enron payroll. Jeb Bush uh, apparently back when he uh, was sort of a uh, gopher for his father, had called up Argentina, the Argentinian government, to demand that Enron be given a contract uh, in gosh knows what down there because Enron seems to have been involved in all sorts of strange corporate shenanigans, that the Enron story is another glaring example of the failure of deregulation both for consumers and taxpayers. All of these big stories in the Enron verdict were missed by the mainstream media in in presenting the story, and instead we got the uh, usual congratulations about how the system worked. It's terrible. Uh, The system did not work. Uh, It indeed may be... Well, the system worked as it is supposed to do for those elites who run it. I mean so
1: one could say the system worked.
0: I mean it may be satisfying certainly not to the the to the, the uh, benefit of the actual American people. Yeah, and it may be satisfying at the end of the day to see these guys uh spend a good amount of time in the pokey, uh where no doubt if uh, they go to the real pokey they're <laughs> they're not going to S M B, you can be sure of that. <laughs> they're uh not going to enjoy their jail experience. And um, we won't go into that. But uh the, these connections, uh, Phil Graham uh, was sponsoring legislation in the Senate during the 1990s that allowed a lot of these Enron problems mm-hmm. to uh, fall into the uh, well, the, the the whole way. These uh, these energy companies from Oklahoma and Texas were manipulating uh, markets to screw. Uh, as even the traders themselves put, old grandmothers in California. They were giggling on their conference calls, as the uh, documentaries showed. And it's rather unfortunate that not as many people saw this movie as, say, Fahrenheit 9-11, because in many ways it was a better documentary in terms of its presentation, in terms of the devastating shenanigans that were going on at this phony corporation. Um, it's an incredible story. And will we ever receive transcripts of Dick Cheney's secret meetings well, with yeah,
1: energy concerns?
0: And let's remember that Ken Lay was involved in the initial Dick Cheney Energy Task Force, that the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission was being rigged by Enron, the company, when Bush came into power, and that this led to skyrocketing energy prices during the first several months of Uh, the Bush-Cheney regime, that uh, ironically contributed to the very mild recession that followed. Uh, The president apparently forgot that one out of eight Americans live in California, or that I think I read in March of 2001 that over a million people in Chicago had shut-off notices regarding their um, electric bills that had tripled that winter. Uh, Luckily, in the state of Michigan, because we had regulation... The utilities are regulated here. We didn't experience, and uh, we didn't experience those tripling of prices uh, in the course of a couple of months. And it's uh, remarkable, by the way, that uh, over half the states still have unregulated or so-called deregulated uh, utility power uh, regulatory commissions that allow um, these. So-called energy corporations that are exploiting capitalism, free market capitalism, all that nonsense, to gouge consumers uh, when there are uh, manipulations in prices by the energy companies. And we've seen recently uh, the lip service that the Bush administration has given to examining whether or not oil companies gouged consumers last year in response to the Katrina problems. Of course, the conclusion was that they hadn't, uh, that there was no deliberate gouging, but the questions remain, uh, why on earth um, are these uh, oil companies not uh, increasing refining capacity? Why are they cutting back on refining capacity and then incredibly blaming the problem on environmentalism and left-wing environmentalists that are causing uh, this inadequate refinery capacity here in the United States. No, it's corporate decision-making that these energy companies make, uh, and alas, they're just not held accountable to proper um, standards of ethical behavior. The free market reigns, or I should say the free market in quotes reigns, Yeah. because uh, energy is one of those very questionable free markets. Indeed, and
1: there's an interesting uh, diagram in the uh, recent Harper's magazine by Greg Pallast about the uh, end of cheap oil and the rise of Venezuelan oil, um, with some interesting breakdowns on projections. Um, it's particularly interesting because of what he anticipates as a uh, soon-to-be... Uh, visible rivalry between Saudi Arabia and Venezuela for primacy within the organization of OPEC. Um, And it has to do with the nature of uh, Venezuela's reserves and the readiness with which the Saudis are able to pump the oil uh, from beneath their terrain. Uh, It has something to do with the the nature of the oil itself, uh, which he says can be made to gush to the surface at a cost of as little as $1 a barrel. Um, the Venezuelan stuff is greater in number and you know, projected to last longer in the future, but is more costly to extract. Um, there is of course an OPEC meeting coming up uh well, june first, uh and we may see uh this confrontation uh come to the fore. Uh, Recently, Saudi Arabia has uh, made agreements with uh, Western oil companies to increase its refining capacities. Um, This is no doubt as much to do with the expanding uh, Chinese market as it is for the, uh, you know, the the desperate need for (laughs) petro uh, supplies here in the West. So, it's... uh, Nothing but uh, expensive prices uh, ahead in the future for everybody, no matter what way it goes.
0: Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting, the business section of the uh, New York Times the other day in in reporting on an article that appears in Popular Mechanics, this is kind of interesting stuff. Apparently, um, Popular Mechanics, uh, in their most recent edition, did a uh, cost comparison of various fuels in which a car, in this case a Honda Civic, would uh, how much it would cost uh, to drive um, from California to New York City. Excellent highway miles on the Honda Civic. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting car to choose. And it it's interesting because uh, on the uh, price that they assume for gasoline, they use the figure of $2.34, which the New York Times, as Paul Brown notes, is uh, 20% less than most people are now paying. And, you know, it's interesting, the the people that pay the least are from these red states in the interior of the country. Uh, Maybe if people in Utah and Kansas, uh, where, uh, of course, uh, evolution is uh, always a hot, hot topic, were paying what we pay here in uh, Michigan or what they pay in San Francisco or Chicago, uh, maybe Bush's approval ratings wouldn't be as high as they are. Um, and I, I've always been puzzled by why people in the interior of the United States pay so much less, because presumably it would cost... The cost would be greater to transfer materials there. Yeah, so it's uh, very fishy. But this is very interesting. Um, I wanted to read the results of this, because uh, to uh, quote Paul Brown, they are, quote, Intriguing and surprising. The cheapest fuel was electricity. About one ton of coal would be needed to produce the requisite energy, Cost to drive coast-to-coast, coast, about $60. Using compressed natural gas would set a driver back $110. And biodiesel, made of uh, vegetable oil and uh, in the magazine's example, would cost 231 Gasoline, as it turns out, is about the middle of the pack. It would take uh, 4.5 barrels of crude oil necessary to produce 91 gallons of gasoline necessary to get the Honda Civic from coast-to-coast. Coast. The cost would be 213 on the high end, we're E85, ethanol, a mixture of 85% ethanol and 15% gasoline. That would cost $425. M85, which is methanol, 85% methanol, and 15% gasoline, the cost would be $619. And then for a hydrogen vehicle, a GM um, Motors high uh, highwire concept car, by the way, cost something like $2 million just to make this thing, would require 16,000 cubic feet of hydrogen power, or $804. They then go on to uh, note that the Wired magazine uh, did a comparison regarding biodiesel, because we hear a lot of hype in the media about biodiesel. It says the one acre of soybeans can produce 50 da- gallons of biodiesel fuel, there are 487 million arable acres in the U.S. The average American driver uses 464 gallons of gas, and there are 198 million drivers in the United States, which means arable, nan, uh, arable land needed to make biodiesel would uh, require 1.8 billion acres of land. And then they jokingly conclude with annexing Canada be a possibility. Well,
1: <laughs> for some it's always been a desirability, but uh here's a concept whose time has clearly come. Mass transit. I mean seriously. Um this city itself Ann Arbor used to have streetcars. If there were streetcars that ran up and down the main thoroughfares, state, Packard, Washington, etc. I mean, how many people drive, you know, you see it all the time on the roads, you're in traffic. You know, a lineup of six miles of single-occupant vehicles, all headed the same way.
0: Yeah, and, and it's interesting, too, because the the traffic design in Ann Arbor, just uh, to give Ann Arbor Civic Engineers credit, is actually pretty competent. They have many lights that are well-synchronized to True. flow right through town. But one of the worst areas is out on the uh, southwest corner, of Ann Arbor, where those little malls are in the Myers uh, Mm -hmm. complex, et cetera. Oh, it's horrible out there. I mean, the the idling traffic at that intersection, I used to recall that sometimes when I would get a a cab order directly off the Briarwood involving Myers, it would sometimes take me 10 to 12 minutes to get from Briarwood to Myers because of the way, how poorly they've got the traffic designed, because the traffic is actually designed for red lights at every... uh, light intersection, and as a result, the number of idling cars out on that side of town is staggering. Um, but that's the uh, the mall uh, method of traffic flow. Ridiculous. Yeah. Well, of course, buses use fuel, too, and... Uh
1: there are uh, a lot of people in Ipsy concerned about the cutoff of bus service and, of course, costs rising there as well. But I think it's time to go back to the streetcars in major, you know, metropolitan centers uh, or even rapid tra How many people from Ann Arbor, you know, commute to Detroit every morning for work? There should be more trains, et cetera, et cetera. But, of course, that's not something that uh, the government's interested in supporting or spending. Amtrak usually takes a hit every time there's a budget reconsideration.
0: They're just barely holding their own. And of course, yeah, I mean, the political outcry about the roughly $1 billion that Amtrak gets, I mean, it's incredible when you look at that compared to how automobiles are subsidized uh, with road uh, revenue, uh, both at the state, local, and federal level. I think I saw it something like a ratio of about 400 uh, to 1. Of course, Amtrak... In some areas of the country is uh, a very uh, more than adequate uh, yeah, the northeastern corridor, particularly, system of uh, mass transit. But it's interesting that a country like China, um, backward as, as they are in so many ways, is actually building a high-speed magnetic railroad um, system uh, designed, interestingly by Germany, <laughs> um, that will go from Shanghai to Beijing. Uh, something like 1,300 miles, and I think I read somewhere that by the year 2015, uh, this journey will actually be doable in uh, something like two and a half to three hours. So we're talking about a bullet train that rides on magnetic coils, sort of electromagnetic um, magnetic pro- properties that I, I don't want to go into, but it, it basically prevents derailing. These are used in in Japan, for instance. Oh. And as we just noted, uh, the cheapest way to uh, produce this uh, energy is coal, Uh, something, by the way, that America has abundant uh, reserves in, but so does China. But, of course, uh, in China, the coal accidents annually uh, kill literally several thousand people. Uh, It's hardly a week goes by where there's not some sort of... Major coal mining catastrophe there. Well, it's not been a good year for coal miners here.
1: Well, it's never a good year for coal miners. Yeah. But that's another question altogether. So, um, Well, let's see. We've attacked the car. There's six minutes left in this Memorial Day program. I guess there's nothing left to do but attack the other icons of uh, Americanism. The hot dog, <laughs> perhaps? <laughs> oh, that's an easy target. How about the lawn or the flag? I don't have any... <laughs>
0: I have my hot dog uh, clippings. You got your hot dog clippings? Or, no. or nitrates, you know, well, nitrites l- from, from barbecuing and whatever. Let me do the lawn clipping.
1: Although the flag one is interesting because, of course, it's an ongoing debate. Proper respect for the flag. There was a photo spread in the paper a couple of days ago, the Ann Arbor paper, of Abby Hoffman being detained for trying to go into uh, the uh, U.S. Capitol to testify before HUAC in '68 wearing a flag shirt. Although his conviction was... Uh, uh, later overturned in an appeals court, he was, you know, arrested for desecrating the flag. And right across from it is a photo of a younger George W. Uh, with wife Laura and his two lovely daughters wearing flag shirts, very mm-hmm. similar to Abby Hoffman's. So one's disposition and, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, obviously,
0: there's a distinction being made there. Um, I have a flag T-shirt, uh, but it's it's funny, the, the these stars in my shirt are cows, and ironically, one time when I went to New Orleans, I was staying uh, with a friend, and the T-shirt somehow got out of my gym bag, and his dog attacked my (laughs) T-shirt, probably because the cows were on there. He he smelled steak in the air, and uh, it it, it got mangled. I've saved it uh, just for uh, souvenirs purposes, but uh, that's my uh, only American flag t-shirt. Well, I knew a guy who once used a
1: flag as a bath mat, but that's a long ago story. But I mean, for a guy to make a shirt out of a flag uh, is seen as abuse of the flag, but uh, you know, I one of the biggest scoldings I ever got from my grandmother involved improper treatment of a flag. Oh. I was taking the flag down at a campsite, you know, at the end of the night like you're supposed to do, it's not supposed to be up unless there's a light on it. Um, so all the auto dealerships around the country that exploit the flag for patriotic commercial reasons, if they're not lighting those flags, they too are violating the sanctity of the flag. But anyway, my grandmother yelled at me for running around trailing it behind me like some sort of, uh, parachute. Abby, or Ab- something. Abby
0: Hoffman hippie?
1: <laughs> well, it would have been 1969, 68 when I did this, so. Uh, who knows? Perhaps the image was too startling for Gran. But uh, I learned proper respect for folding and treatment of the flag. And I've always wondered about the commercial abuses of the flag. But as far as the lawn is concerned, interesting article by Stan Cox in a Counterpunch site from last week. Um, and this connects back to fuel, of course, because you've talked on numerous occasions about the nitrates and phosphorus uh, runoff of lawn treatment. But uh, according to this article, uh, the numbers on uh, energy efficiency in lawn mowers. Uh, has been uh, analyzed here. On average, 2006 lawnmower engines contribute 93 times more smog-forming emissions per gallon of fuel than do this year's cars. So when you're mowing your lawn, it's like driving around all over your lawn uh, <laughs> repeatedly. So And you're breathing all this, of course, as you uh, walk behind it. Of course, the new fangled lawnmowers are replacing muscle power with fossil fuel power. Nobody wants to walk anymore. I want to ride my lawnmower around my yard. And uh, here's another disturbing uh, trend. The EPA says pesticide use in the home and garden sector, once in decline, has grown by more than 25% since 1995. Herbicide use almost doubled between 82 and 2001 and continues to grow. Uh, The American obsession with the lawn is bizarre, and I'm not sure if it's ever been properly studied from a psychological perspective, but uh, the paranoia and the concern with which people are afraid of simple weeds like violets and even the, you know, troublesome dandelion is not quite enough to make me want to dump poison on my lawn.
0: No, not at all. And, in fact, I actually just use an old weed whacker on my grass. <laughs> That's what we do. I, I I allow it to grow longer. and It's, healthier, it, for grass, it's healthier for the grass, I think. It's healthier for the grass. And, it, by the way, it doesn't brown in the summer um, because it has deeper roots and more... Uh, Green matter there that uh, can uh, can deal with that heat. So yeah, the the obsession with lawns in America has has always been strange. I I definitely believe those companies that dump the uh, so-called pesticides on grass should. I don't know. Be, be I mean that. Those are chemical weapons.
1: Absolutely. Well, <laughs> Bush some needs of the
0: defined ing- uh, weapons of mass destruction. Some of the
1: ingredients are uh, the very same, although in different proportions, probably as some of the famous uh, defoliants used in Southeast Asia, the Roundups yeah. and uh, the Agent Oranges.
0: And this is an anecdotal thing, but I just the other day I noticed uh, walking down Pauline after work. Um, I saw two dead squirrels and neither one had been hit by a car because you can tell from the uh well the unfortunate uh, collision between a car and a squirrel is um, <coughs> a little bit of a mismatch pretty obvious yeah p- pretty <laughs> obvious but these were were just dead squirrels and squirrels can't read uh they don't they're unable to read the stay off the lawn <laughs> warnings that the Lawn Corporation is allowed to put on the lawns in which they advise you not to allow your small children to play on the grass. Well, I thought that's what grass was for. Uh, if you're putting poison on your grass, uh, what are you thinking, dude? Right. And, of course, it's. I'm always amazed at the people that are cutting their grass uh, when it doesn't need to be cut, or that moron that I saw once on Pauline as I was cycling to work uh, in mid-November who was cutting his grass... Uh, with you know snow right around the corner unbelievable Here's one last detail from this uh, study
1: which is cited by Stan Cox um, in uh, 2003 look at the lawn industry Paul Robbins and Julie Sharp of Ohio State University cited studies showing that to homeowners quote property values are clearly associated with high input green lawn maintenance and use close quote so many Americans have associated moral character and uh, oh, I'm missing a page there uh but apparently uh a good lawn is an indicator of of your true americanism
0: i guess yeah well there is something mythical about the green lawn i think and it's it's sad uh and criminal that in some areas of the country people are throwing treated water you know from their uh municipal water systems onto grass so that they can cut their grass more often you get the picture here. It's it's all kind of insane. Uh, of course, the grass wouldn't need that water if you didn't cut it. Uh, to Think about it. Um, Waste on all ends of the uh, cycle there. And needless to say, there are many municipalities now that are restricting lawn watering uh, for that very reason. There are areas of the country that are running out of water, uh, drinkable water. And uh, who knows how many gallons of treated Good clean water has been dumped on grass here in the United States over the past 50 years, while we pursue this suburban nostalgia about the green lawn.
1: You're listening to WCVN FM, Ann Arbor. I expose eventually.